0: Okay, so we're gonna pick it up from Daf Ches Ahmed Aleph, we're up to the top line, yeah. to remind ourselves of what we're talking about. The Mishnah had a concept, and that was Pesha Osarwa Pesha Hitta, which means that if a person comes and out of the blue gives incriminating information, but in that same testimony gives vindicating information, we believe all of it. So if a guy comes out of blue, the example of the Mishnah is He comes out of blue and he says, it's uh, this field that I've been staying in was your father's field. So that's incriminating, but he sold it to me. So we believe him and we accept it. But if the first part of the testimony was known by any other means, so meaning witnesses come forward and say, hey, this field was Ruben's father's, he says, yeah, but I bought it. We don't believe him because now he's just dumb. He's saying that it's his, but he's going up against witnesses. He has to swear. To prove that what he's saying is true and then he has to you know go through the following uh, the, the the proper methods so the Gemara in the end of yesterday's Daf was asking why did you have to pick Reuven's father why couldn't it be Reuven so the Gemara said that the reason why it had to be Reuven's father and not Reuven's field was due to a technicality that when it comes to fields there's a concept of squatters rights so the reason why is because it would be messy because if you're there for three years then it's your field, we believe you, even if there are witnesses saying otherwise. And if you weren't there for three years, then it's possible you know, you don't need the mission to say that. So it said, Reuven's father, because it was a case where it was in the father's field by two years as a squatter, and then the third year, the father died, and it was by the son for the third year. So it got into this case. So the Gemara just says very simple. The, the Gemara says like this, so why can't it just be Reuven, but instead of a field where there's squatter's rights, say money. Meaning, a guy comes into court, he says, Hey, Reuven lent me money, but I paid him back. So you know that there's the incriminating information of Reuven lending the money, but also he said that he got he paid him back. Boom, okay. So there, so why can't meaning the whole issue is because of the squatter's rights problem. Squatter's rights is only by land, so just do money. Make it a couch. I don't know. He lent me a couch, I give it back to him so, uh, you know, th- this couch this couch is mine, it he, he, he was mine I, I, I lo- he loaned me money, I paid him back time. So you might I'll well tell you why you can't be that case, why? because, what's the last part of the Mishnah? the last part of the Mishnah is that if the incriminating information was found due to witnesses, that he's not believed so let's plug in the case that we want to say, we want to say the case is I come into court and I say, Ruven lent me money but I paid him back, so we believe him, Pesha Asur Pesha the problem with that is now plug in the last information. Witnesses come and say, I, I loaned him money, and he, I say I paid him back. So he's not believed. The problem is, you are believed. The halacha is that if witnesses come and say that you owe someone money, and you say, I paid him back, the halacha is you're believed, biblically. What's the I say, witnesses come and say, I, Avi Zakatinsky loaned, I owe Reuven money. And I say, yeah, but I paid him back. The Allah is biblically unbelieved. No, no, it's not Peshach, it's Stam. Unbelieved. I'll explain why in a moment. So the problem is the reason why you couldn't say the case of loaning money with Ruvain is because the last part doesn't work. The last part of the Mishnah is that if witnesses come forward and say the incriminating information, then then the person is not believed. That's not true when it comes to money. If witnesses come and say, hey, we, we saw you borrow money. You, we saw Avi borrow money from Shimon, and I say, yeah, but I paid him back. And they say, we, we didn't see that. You don't have to pay back in front of witnesses, and the halach is you're believed. Now, the reason why you're believed is because biblically, at least biblically, as a Shailun, the Rishonim, you have to do a rabbinic oath. Biblically, and this is important for the later on in this Gemara, you're only chayiv to make an oath if you're moidib imixas. So if you're moidib imixas, a meaning, on a biblical level, if someone says, "Hey, you owe him a hundred dollars," and I say, "I owe him nothing," I paid him back. The halach is we believe him. Why? Because the Gemara is going to explain the Torah does not believe that someone would have the chutzpah to completely deny the guy money if he owed him. So if I'm saying I owe you nothing, that means that biblically I'm telling you the truth. Again, rabbinically it could be. You have to make oaths, but biblically we believe again. The, the only time you have to make an off derais is if you may the bemitzas, meaning. Witnesses come and say, Hey, you owe him $100. And they say, Yeah, but I pay back 50 already. So I only owe him 50 That's when you have to make an oath deraisa. So, therefore, the reason why you couldn't pick the case of loaning money, because the end of the Mishnah wouldn't work. Because the end of the Mishnah is that if the witnesses come and say you owe him money, and then you say, No, I don't, we don't believe you. That's not true. We do believe you on a biblical level. So it couldn't. It would be different if he said that, uh, that I saw the, the, the agent come and say, we saw that you gave him um, a bikadon for a piece of property. Let's say. Yeah, that would be different. Th- that would be different. Then, even though you say you didn't do whatever, you paid it up. That would be different. Bikadon is different, exactly. But when it comes to this case, so the Gemara says, let's restart it. But listen, why don't you just say the following? Why can't it be the case where Reuben says, not about Reuben's father, but he says, hey, I, Ruben loaned me money, but I paid him back. So it's Pesha, also Pesha. So the problem is, safer because then the last part of the Mishnah wouldn't work. Because it says, Because according, you'd have to plug in the last line of the Mishnah would be that if, if someone, if the witnesses come and say, you owe him money, and you say, yeah, but I paid him back. According to the, If you plug it in according to the mishnah you're not believed because you didn't pay him back in front of witnesses but that's not true that if you borrow someone if you borrow money in the presence of witnesses you don't have to pay back in the presence of witnesses and if you deny it completely if you deny owing him money completely you don't have to you don't have to make a swear on a a biblical level you are believed so because of this it couldn't be that case okay Last one, and this is gonna get us into a, a discussion that's gonna take us to the next mission. Um, the Gemara says Velisni, one more attempt. Why don't you say this? pras Ah oh, this is interesting. I just told you that on a biblical level when do you have to make an oath? On a derisal level when do you have to make an oath? When you're Bemixus? Right, on a dereisa level, if I claim, if you say, hey, you owe me money, and I say, no, 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 I, I only owe you half of what you're claiming, I paid you back half, you're dereisa obligated to make an oath. Here's the Shiloh. Says the Gemara, why can't it be the following case? A guy comes into court and says that <clears throat> your father owed me $100 and I paid him back 50 so you're coming in you're saying incriminating information and that is your father owed me a hundred dollars but i said i paid him back 50 and he's believed meaning even though normally even though normally if you agree to 50 percent of the claim you have to make an oath in this case you don't why because you're the one who mentioned the incriminating information it's not like so you come into court and you say hey your father owes me uh, your father lent me a hundred dollars meaning i owe your father a hundred dollars but i paid back 50 and we, we're saying that you'd be believed, even though normally, even though normally, if you agree to half of the claim, you have to make an oath, over here you don't have to make an oath. Why? Because, he's because you're the one it. You're the one who brought it up. So why not do that? And that tells you something fascinating. It's, it's a fascinating concept. Here's the problem. The problem is, says the Gemara, the reason why you can't do it, the Gemara says, I leave a you want to know why it doesn't work here's the concept when you agreed sorry when you agree to half of a claim you have to make an oath biblically so we wanted to say that the case of the Mishnah is that I come into court and I say, you know, I owed your, your father, your father lent me $100. I owed your father $100, but I paid him back $50. So no, you'd think I'd have to make an oath, but I don't have to because I'm Pesha or Pesha Hita. Plug in the last case of the Mishnah. The last case of the Mishnah would be witnesses come forward where the, the son makes a claim and says, hey, you owed my father $100. And I say, yeah, yeah, but I owe you 50, but I already paid him back 50. What would the halacha be? He's not believed. Meaning, that in such a case where the incriminating information, according to this, if you plug it in in our Mishnah, the incriminating information was found out through other means, not by the person offering the information, but by, in this case, the son going over to the guy. And instead of the guy coming over to the son, the the son goes over to the guy and says, hey, you owed my father a $100. And he's like, yeah, yeah, but I, I paid back 50. What would the halacha be? You'd have to make an oath. Because it's not peshas or pesheter. Here's the problem. That's not true. There's a machlokas, and this is going to take us to the end of the next Mishnah, to the next Mishnah. There's a machlokas between the Rabbonon and Rav Lezzar ben Yaakov. What is the halachic status of Moda B'mitzas when it's someone's father? Meaning, according to the Rabbonon, the, the Rabbonon look at it like this. Let's just make it very simple. The Rabbonon look at it is whenever you're dealing with someone's father's money, you never have to make an oath. Meaning, not just Pesha Asa Pesha Hitter. Even if the son comes to me and brings me to court and says, hey, you owed my father $100, if you said you paid him back 50 you don't have to make an oath. Why? So the Gemara is going to explain, because the father's not around to defend himself and to, to you know... The whole reason why you have to pay back, you have to make an oath when you when you're is because no one would have the chutzpah to to lie entirely. So when you're saying you paid back fifty, that's your your way of lying because you you, you can't just deny it completely because who has the chutzpah to deny, Who has the chutzpah to say you don't know anything? So you say I owe fifty to try to buy yourself some time. So you have to make an oath because the Torah doesn't believe you. Like, the Torah doesn't believe that you actually... Like, the, in the Torah's perspective, you either paid him back or you didn't. The likelihood that you paid back 50%, it's not real. But that's when the father's alive. they're Rabbana look when the father's dead, I'll, I, I, I'd i lie to the son. I'll, I wanted the chutzpah to lie to the guy who lo- lent me money. He did me a Torah, I'm not going to lie to his face. His son? I'd lie to him. So if I say I paid him back 50, I paid him back 50. No oath needed. So the rabbanon hold in all scenarios you don't have to make an oath. Ravalozman Yaakov is the opposite, meaning when it comes to the father. Hold on, hold on, hold on. It when it comes be, to the it father. True the father that all no, 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 no. No, no, no. Meaning, when it comes to the father, when the father's alive, everyone agrees you have to make an oath. That's called Moida Miksa That's a biblical responsibility. The Gemara says, why couldn't but the, now we're talking about where the father's not alive anymore. So according to the Rabbon, in all scenarios when the father's not alive, you don't have to make an oath. Not just when you're the one who offered the information, but even when the son brought you to court, you still don't make the, have to make an oath. We believe you. Why? The is going to explain. But we believe you, as I, I, I just explained. The is going to go through it. We believe you because the whole reason why we don't generally believe someone who, who claims to pay back 50% is because gonna he's probably going to lie. No one is afraid to lie to the son. Therefore, whatever he's telling him is the truth. Because if he wanted to lie, he would just lie. The is going to get into it. So the point is according to the rabbanan, in all scenarios when it's the father when the father's dead and it's the son you don't have to make an oath according to Ben Yaakov in all scenarios you do have to make an oath so therefore the reason why we couldn't plug in our case in the Mishnah because again what would the case be the case would be the, you go into court and you say, hey, I owed your father money, but I paid back half, so I don't have to make an oath because it's pesha pesha peshater. But if you took me to court, I would have to. So we wanted to plug in this case where sometimes you make an oath, sometimes you don't, depending on whether you offer the information. The problem is, it doesn't work like that. There abundant hold, it's binary. Binary means yes or no. According to the Rabbanon, you never have to make an oath. According to the Yaakov, you always have to make an oath. So we couldn't plug in our case, which is sometimes make an oath, sometimes not, depending on whether you offer the information or whether you're brought to court, because it doesn't work out according to anybody. Now, end of that discussion. End of the reason why we couldn't bring that as a case. Now that we mention this, we're gonna talk from here until the end of the to the next Mishnah, which is on the next Amid. we're gonna go through these sheetas of the Rabbanon and Ravozaban Yaakov as to whether you have to make an oath When the son, when you're dealing with the son, and 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 saying you pay back fifty percent to the son um, uh, about his father's debt, we're just going to talk about this machlekas. The Gemara says, (coughs) "Ditanya, Rav Elz Ben Yaakov Oimer. Rav Elz Ben Yaakov says, 'Pa'omim she'adam nishbal tainus atzmai.' Ben Yaakov says there is a scenario where you have to make an oath based on your own." Your own information, meaning you're the one who started this and you have to make an oath. What's the one time where you started it and you have to make an oath based on your own incriminating claim? Mana well, manala vicha byodiv pras. Hare zanishba. Vizoshinishbainis Atsba. Rolezmiakum says the only time where you'll have to make an oath by you opening up your big mouth is where you tell someone's son, Hey, I owed your father a hundred dollars, but I paid back fifty percent. So you it's pesha or You started the information, but you still have to pay back 50%, you still have to make an oath because your moda a hatayna. Even though your moda us to the, to the sun, and even though you're the one who started the information, according to Mosben Yaakov, you have to make an oath. The Chachamim disagree, they say no, ain't ela aveida, upater. The Chachamim say, it's called me'shev avedah. means if you find, a, uh, you find a, a wallet on the floor, you bring it to someone and you say, hey, I found your wallet, it has $60 in it, here, if the guy then turns to him and says, There was $65 in this wallet, the halacha is the guy does not have to swear. The one who found the wallet does not have to swear that he didn't take the money. Because Chazal said, If we're going to make him swear, no one's going to return lost objects. So it's called the meaning Meshavedah means if you're giving the guy a gift, you don't have to swear. The rabbinic say the exact same thing over here, and that is when the father, when, when someone's claiming that I owed their, their deceased father money, I could easily tell the guy, go fly a kite, I'm not dealing with you. I'm saying I paid back 50%, then any money I'm gi- I'm agreeing to give you is a gift. I'm not making an oath. It's called, and that can make sense. A guy, I come into court out of nowhere, even if the son calls me to court and says, you owed my father 20 years ago, you owed him $100. I could easily say, I don't know what you're talking about, prove it. And of course he can't prove it, because everybody's dead, and no one's around anymore. I say to the guy, yeah, I owed your father a hundred dollars, but I paid back fifty. So you're gonna make me swear? No, you're not gonna make me swear. Take the money, whatever I'm willing to give you, take it. Because it's Meshav maveda. It's 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 it's, it's lo- it, what's it called? It's like it's like a it's like lost money. It's like miyayish. Like any money that you get, that's gravy. You you shouldn't have expected to find There's anything. Money, it's, done, but... it's like found money, exactly. That's the good term. So are rabbonim feel in all scenarios when it's the father when you're dealing with the 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 son, discussing with the father's money. In all scenarios, you don't have to make an oath, and Revelation Yaakov holds in all scenarios, you do have to make an oath. Now, the Gemara says, here's the Kasha. The Gemara says, Revelation Yaakov, Leslie, Meshav, de Potter. The one thing that doesn't make sense is Revelation Yaakov, I come into court, I'm a good guy, I'm offering this information to the son. I'm not, again, Revelation Yaakov holds in all scenarios, I have to make an oath, which means I go into court and I say to the son, hey, you you you, you never met me, you don't know me your father lent me a hundred dollars and I paid back fifty dollars so I still owe you the son, your father fifty dollars so if you want I'll pay you fifty dollars I have to swear that I paid back fifty dollars H- how in the po- if there's never in the world been more found money than that case it's not even that the son called me to court I offer the information so it's Pesha Asr Pesha hitter and I'm talking to the son not the father and if I Yaakov feels, I have, to, I have to make an oath, it does not make sense. So the Gemara says, you're right. The Gemara says, Amirab a cotton you're right. If Elizabeth Yaakov would say, in that case, you don't have to make an oath at all. That's mamish lost, found money, and that, that he would agree. The one time Elisabeth Yaakov feels that you have to make an oath is when the son took me to court. But the son was a cotton. So the son, you have a 12-year-old, takes me to court and says you owed my father a hundred dollars I said I paid him back 50 so that the bond and say is still found money because what do I have to deal with a cotton for he doesn't know what he's talking about I could just easily say I don't know what you're talking about if you agree to paying fifty percent then you know think your lucky stories and take the take the money Rose back says no you were brought to court well, why and by a cut was he uh, but why but cotton because by a on, it's it's a it's it's a bigger it's a bigger chiddush to say that I mean you're gonna guddle... A godal, a 30-year-old guy, t- t- says, you know, you owed my father money. Out. Okay, I understand. Revelation Yaakov is saying, the case is where you were brought to court by a katan. And the chiddush is that even though you are brought to court by a katan, but because to- the katan started the proceedings, to- so now you have to, if you're moed to be mixus, you have to make enough. So the Gemara says, wait a minute, here's the problem. Oh, you... No, no, going to the when Yaakov, no matter what, you have to swear. Only if the katan brought you to court. Right, right. Yeah. Here's the problem, though. The problem is, you're telling me what's the case that you have to swear. The katan brings you to court, and then you respond, right? And then you say, I paid back 50. And the khidish is that even though it's a katan, and you could say the katan doesn't really know what's going on with his father, and, and all that stuff, you could have just denied it. No, you paid back, you said you paid back 50, you have to make an oath. Here's the problem. The rule is, We do not make oaths based on the claims of a katan. Meaning, the katan taking me to court is like I didn't go to court. That's the crisis. says. So how could you say I have to make an oath when the katan brought me to court? I thought that's not the halachas. The Gemara says, you're right. My katan gadol. When it says the katan took you to court, it doesn't mean a katan. It actually means a gadol. So why would you call a kid above bar mitzvah a katan? The answer is, am my carly katan? Because he's an orphan. And regarding his father's information, he's a katan. Meaning we're calling him a katan even though he's a gadol. So really, the person that took him to court—it's not a twelve-year-old; it's a thirty-year-old. So why do you call the thirty-year-old a katan? Because he's an orphan, trying to figure out his father's information, and he's like a child in that regard. So he's called, he's, he's called, called a katan him. because uh, he, because God, correct. The problem is ihashi tainas atzmai tainas achirami. The kamar says, wait a minute. What did Reuven Yaakov say? Reuven Yaakov said, "I'll tell you a chiddush. The lashon of Lozmi Yaakov is poomim sheadam nishvaltainas atzmai." There are times where you have to make an oath based on your own incriminating information. Now, if the process was that you were brought to court by a cut-on, okay, you could still call that my incriminating information because he's 12, it doesn't count. But now you're telling me he's really 30 and he took me to court. That's called my incriminating information? It's not my it's his incriminating information. Minnie mean, when says, I have a chiddish, that you have to make an oath when you put your foot in your own mouth. Why? So what's the case? So if the cotton took you to court, a 12-year-old takes you to court and says, you owed my father money, I'll be honest with you, the fact that you even agreed to it, that you put your foot in your own mouth. That's a chit. But Reboz but now you're telling me it's really a 30-year-old, a 50-year-old, 60-year-old, that's not tainas atzmai, that's tainas achirin. that's. that's, that's so how could you say that's your own incriminated information? That other guy had incriminated information against you. So the Gemara says, you're right, when he says, that I have a case where you have to make an oath based on your own incriminating information, it's Titus Akherim v'aydos atzmai. It's where other people took you to court, but you agreed. So you have to make an oath based on your own, not incriminating, offering incriminating information, your own admission of guilt. So the Gemara says, cool Titus, Titus acherim v'aydos atzmai. Every case that you have to make an oath is where you have an admission of guilt. So what, what are we talking about? So the Gemara says, you're right. Allah <speaking language> ha You know what the answer is? Go back. The case, the machloikas between Revelation Yaakov and the Rabbanon is very simple. If a person offers the information, you don't have to make an oath. Pesha also Pesha, according to everybody. The machloikas of Revelation Yaakov and Rebbe and the Rabbanon is where a child, go back to the case where it's a katan, a katan takes you to court and says, You owed my father $100. And you say, Yes, but I paid back 50 The Rabbanon say, That's found money. You don't have to make an oath. because you don't have to deal with a katan. Revelation Yaakov says, No. That's modeh and Mixus and you have to make an oath. So we said, I. I thought you ma- don't make an oath when a katan with the katan's taina. The answer is that's when you owed the katan money. Meaning, if the if the cotton says you owed me money, I don't have to make an oath. But the katan is claiming you owed my father money. That's the machoikis. What's the difference? So the machoikis, are also been And rebbe is if the katan claims you owed my father money and you're modeh mixes, you agree that you paid half. Do you have to make a, a shvo? What's the explanation? The explanation is as follows. Rabba. what's the rationale that why is it that when you when you agreed to half of the claim you have to make an oath biblically so the reason is as, as Rabbah explained, Rabba says right. right, biblically if I say you owe me a hundred dollars and you say I owe you nothing the Torah believes you why, because no one will have the chutzpah right. to say I, you didn't owe me that's money what? That's, that's everybody, everybody. That's the con- that's the rationale behind it. Says Rabbah, why is it that when that if you, you lent me money and I say, yeah, but I paid you back half, you have to make an oath. What's the concept? Because says Rabba, Chazoka, we have a tradition, Ein is panav bal no one would have the chutzpah to look at a guy in the face who just lent you money and say, I owe you nothing. So therefore, he couldn't say, I owe you nothing. He couldn't do that. Because no one have the chutzpah to do that. Rather, Really, he wants to say he owes him nothing. But he doesn't have the chutzpah to do that. So what does he do? Go to the next page. So he, he, here's the deal. So you, The rationale, like the terrorist trying to get into his, mind, his, his head. Do we believe the guy? He says he paid back 50%. The terrorist says like this. We don't believe him. Why? What's this guy's options? He can't say... I owe you nothing. No, no, no one have the chutzpah. The guy just lent you money and you can say, oh, I'm nothing. That, so that's that's out. He also can't say, I, I paid you back. He can't say, I paid you back everything, right? I owe you nothing. No, that's a straight lie. That's a straight lie. He's not going to do that. He can't also say, I owe you everything, because he doesn't have the money. So you know what he does? He says, I paid you back half, right? Hoping that he'll only have to pay back half, and that'll give him enough time that he'll raise the funds and eventually get him everything. But we don't believe him. So the reason why we don't believe someone who's moidah bemixas is because we believe that he doesn't have a choice. He can't say he owes him everything because he doesn't have the money. He can't say he doesn't owe him anything because he doesn't have the chutzpah to do that. So you see, he picks 50%, it's the only option. Because he has no other option if we don't believe him. So the Torah says, make him make an oath, because we don't really believe him. But the reason why we don't believe him when he makes a 50% claim is because he had no other choice. He can't say he owes him everything because he doesn't have the money. He can't say he owes him nothing because he wouldn't have the chutzpah. So he said 50%. That's why we make him swear because we don't really believe him. In this case, what's the Machlegas of Elisabeth Yaakov in the Rabbonin? The Machlegas of and in the Rabonan is Would someone, if they're brought to court by someone's son Would you have the Chutzpah to lie to him? The Rabonan says yes I won't have the chutzpah to lie to someone who, who lent me money. I'll, I'll have the chutzpah to lie to his kids. And the fact that I said I paid him back half, I'm telling the truth because I would lie straight to his face. Revoluzbiographer says, no, people will not lie fully to the person who's claiming money against them. So mm-hmm. therefore, therefore, the machloikis of whether you have to make a oath if you agree that you paid back Fifty percent. Fifty percent to the son. You told the son that you paid back fifty so, okay, percent to the father. Correct. So and, and the, correct. And the and you don't have. Correct, it. because the Rabuner feel that you would lie to his face. And the fact that you didn't lie to his face, the fact that you say you pay back fifty, that itself is telling the truth. Rose Binyakov yeah. says no, no one have the chutzpah to lie. Therefore the son is like the father. The same way every person, if you might the mixes, you have to make an oath because we don't you don't have any other alternative, so too it is with the son. Okay. Now it's a uh, new Mishnah. The Mishnah is like this. We're going to continue in the Pesha Asar Pesha hitta department. And by the way, I hope, I hope everybody's happy. We've been asking for to end Yuvamas for a while. This is Xubas. So Pesha Asar Pesha hitta means that you you uh, you have incriminating information and then you say the other information and we, we take it all together. Another example of Pesha Asar Pesha Hitta is as follows. If let's say... I have a document that says that you owe me money right I take it to court what would the court do to make sure that it was a valid document so the, the number one thing they would have to do is they would have to make sure that the witnesses um, the witnesses exist right you have a name it says Ruven Benyakov aid like any wedding so what do they do they have to get Ruben Benyakov come down and say, hey, did you sign this? He says, yes. Or they have to have someone who recognizes Ruben Ben Yaakov's signature and says, no, that's his signature. Or we have another document signed by Ruben Ben Yaakov and we're able to line it up. Those are the three ways that they're able to do this. If they don't do this, then the document is not valid. Again, one way is where the... You bring down the witness and says, yeah, I signed this. Number two is you have someone who rec- other witnesses who recognize their hand- handwriting or you have other documents and you line it up. That's called uh, that. That's called validating the documents. It says in the Mishnah like this. Ha'edem she'amru. So let's say you have the witnesses. They come forward. Right? Reuven ben Yaakov. They bring down Reuven ben Yaakov. They say, hey, did you sign this? This loan document? And he says, yeah. Ksab says, I signed this. Avalonusim hayu. Katanim hayinu. Hayinu. He says, yeah, I signed this, but you should know. I did it under duress. duress or I was a child at the time. Or I was posledus. Meaning... In one, in one testimony, it's peshasa peshenta. He says, this is my handwriting, but but, but, it but it's not acceptable. And as the Gemara is going to explain, a witness cannot just come forward and say, hey, I signed that under duress. We don't believe that. Why? Because you're, you can't testify about yourself. You're testifying about yourself that you wrote false information. You can't do that. First of all, it's, you're, possible, you're making yourself a rasha. Also, you're testifying about yourself, which you're not allowed to do. In general, if a witness comes forward, just out of the blue, and says, hey, um, they, they already know that it's good information. They already know that it's his handwriting because they have other, they have, uh, they lined it up. So they know this is Reuben Ben Yaakov's handwriting. But Reuben Ben Yaakov just shows up. He says, hey, you know, when I signed that last year, I was under duress. Right. We don't believe him. Why? Because he's making himself into a rasha. And you can't do that. other other Also, he's a he's the he's testifying about himself. So generally it's not accepted. In this case, it's accepted because it's pesha Pesha hitter. That's what the Mishnah says. But Im Yesh But if they're able to validate this information without him, so now he's just coming in and just saying that it's that it's just Pesha Aser. it's not Pesha Aser, Pesha. He's just, they already have the information. They already know that it's his handwriting. He's just coming and saying it was under duress. Then he's not believed. Okay. So now the Gemara is going to clarify. The Gemara says like this. So we said... We said that he's not believed, right, in the last case. We already know that it's his handwriting. Right. But he comes in and he says, I signed it under duress. He's not believed. Why? Because... He's making himself into a Russia. He's saying that he signed the false document. Says the Gemara, it depends why he signed it. What if he signed it under duress of, uh, uh, of Pikuach Nefesh? What if a guy put a gun to his head and said, hey, you better sign this or I'm going to kill you. So that's, it, what he did was not wrong, right? He's not a Russia for doing that, right? Uh, and now he comes and says that that's so, so he is believed it's only not believed in the last case where he comes forward out of the blue and says that I signed it on duress he's not believed if he signed it on the duress of money stuff because that's a Russian no you, you can't you can't if someone's saying, "Hey, sign this, or, or I'm going to take money away from you," well, you can't. You can't steal from someone to save your own money. But Abul Anusim, you But if he was facing pikuach nefesh, so now the Torah would say the signs. It's pikuach nefesh. So what he's doing was not wrong. He, the, if the issue, the reason why he can't testify later on is because he's making himself a rasha. He's not a rasha in this case. Hareila nemanim, and he's believed. Now Rava disagrees. Why? Because Rava says the reason why a person cannot come forward later on and say that it was under duress, one issue is that you're making yourself a rasha. Which, I g- agreed, is bypassed if it's bikuach nefesh. Here's another problem. The halacha is, when it comes to testimony, you cannot rescind testimony. I don't know what it is in, in American court, but once you testify, that's it. You have one shot. You can't come in two weeks later and say, I take it back. It's not a, that is a social Matthias by American court that you could say, I take it back. I don't think so. I don't know. But the point is, you can't do that under Jewish law. So says Rava if a person comes out of blue and says that it was under duress, even if it was for pikuach nefesh, it still is not going to work because in essence, you're rescinding your testimony, which is against halacha you're not allowed to do that it's not within his power once you testify, you're not able to rescind your testimony and that's true orally, and that's also true written once you sign something, you can never undo it so even if you come in and say it was signed under pikuach nefesh, what's the difference? you can't undo testimony, so the the Gemara says, And if you say, you're only not able to rescind testimony when it was verbally testimony, but written testimony, you are allowed to rescind, that's not true. Signing a star is like verbal verbal testimony. So therefore, how could Rav, Rami Bar Chama say that if you came in and rescinded your testimony because of pikulach nefesh, you're believed? That's not true. So the Gemara says, you're right. Rather, when Rami Bar Chama said that there's a difference between duress of duress of money or duress of pikuach nefesh, it was on the first part of the Mishnah, meaning... Yeah, it. it was going on the first part of the Mishnah, meaning the Mishnah has two parts. The second part of the Mishnah is what we were talking about till now, which is a guy comes out of the blue and says, hey, uh, you know, I signed that under duress. So he's not believed. And Rav Rechama said, yeah, but if it was Pikuach Nefesh, if he said, I signed the duress of Pikuach Nefesh, he is believed. No, it's not true. You're not believed in any case. Rather, what did Rambam talk about? He was talking about the first case. What's the first case? The first case is a guy comes in and says, that's my handwriting, but I signed it on the duress. The halach is, that only works if you said you signed it on the duress of Pikuach Nefesh. So, Pesha Aser Pesha Hitler only works if you're not making yourself a Rasha. But if you're making yourself a Rasha by saying, so you come in and you say, that's my handwriting, but I signed it under duress, and not so pesha whether we believe him. We only believe him if he said, I signed it under duress, of Pikuach nafesh. The Gemara says, lo Yishon Oled She'em Renu Sena Yimachas Afashas, Avom Renu Sena Yimachas Momen, ain't my time Rasha. Now, we'll end with this. So, before you do this. We'll end with this, Yep. Yeah. For one second. For one second. The the halacha is that when the mishnah starts off by saying peshahase peshahitta, meaning that you come in and you say that's my handwriting, but I did it under duress, that only works if you did not make yourself a rasha. So it only works if you say I signed it under duress of pikuach nefesh. But if you say I signed it under duress of money, of money it's not good because Pesha Peshahitta does not override making yourself a rasha. Once you make yourself a rasha, you're not. We don't accept that form of the testimony. Now the gemara ends off with this, and this will t- take into tomorrow. And that is, we said in the Mishnah that Pesha se Says the Gemara, that's a is tanoim, tanarabon, Ainemonim Lapisle Divra Meir. Meir says, Ain namonim lapisli, meaning a person comes in to say, That's my handwriting, but I was a child. Or that's my handwriting, but I was possibly this way. Or, that's my handwriting, but I was under duress, so the Mishnah said he's believed because Pesha se peshahitta. Rameir says, Not true. We don't believe him. The Chachamim say, Nemonim. Chum say no, Peshas HaPesh So the Gemara explains, I understand where the Rabbanon are coming from, Peshas HaPesh which means you have two parts of the testimony, one's, one's uh, incriminating and one's vindicating, we take it all together. But why is there a mayor not agreeing in this case? El Rameir my time. So the Gemara says, what's the reason with Rameir? And we'll end with this Kasha, meaning why is it that according to Rameir, if a person comes into court and he says that's my handwriting, but I was a child, and that's my handwriting, but I was pasulated, so that's my handwriting, but I was I and the rest, we don't believe him. We don't believe him, and we say that it is, that, 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 that it is a good edus, and we don't so we don't accept the, the the incriminating part. Why not? Why don't we say pesha so or What's Rameir shita? And we'll pick it up tomorrow. Position.